Yo, what up everybody? It's Danny Neff with the Gardening for Gains podcast and let's dig into it today. I just got out of Menards and was on a mission to try to find some more sockets for the grow lights that I have in my closet upstairs um, in the grow lab, uh, or in the plant lab, I'm sorry. And, uh, you know, we've kind of expanded everything up there. You know, most of our growing area is now, you know, not in the plant lab, but it's actually in uh, set up in our like grow rack that we've got. So that that spot alone in the grow rack has about, or not about, it'll have 16 spots or spot enough spots for 16 trays essentially. So, um, you know, that could be a, let's just say that's a mix of like 72 cell trays. That would give us what, um, 288 plants per level. So then, you know, that'd be 576. So we could essentially easily have over a thousand plants, a thousand seedlings on that at, at any one point. So it, just quantifying that and my, like actually, now that I'm actually quantifying that, it's kind of crazy to actually think about, you know, just because like, you know, we could sell a dollar a seedling and come up with a thousand dollars essentially, but that's not, not how it's gonna work. You know, we're gonna turn it into, uh, you know, put those plants in the ground. We're gonna give some plants away to people as well. Um, but, but it's just kind of crazy now that I'm actually quantifying the number of plants, not necessarily like the number of trays. So, um, so that that's kind of like a, a real big insight. And then I guess you know, then I figured that I can fit, you know, seven more trays in the plant lab. So then. You know, I'm not going to pretend to try to even do the math on that. <laughs> so that'll be like another two tray or two levels, basically, of the plant, uh, of the grow rack. So then you could add another like 500, let's just say 500, yeah, 500 almost to the, on the dot. Um, so that's 1,500 seedlings. Plus I might have enough space for, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, or one, two, three, four, five, six, maybe even six more trays beyond that. So like a total, uh, so, in, you know, six trays would be about 400 or so. So that, that's really kind of crazy to think that, you know, we'll be able to easily produce um, a minimum of 20 trays of seeds up to 23 to maybe 25. We could, we've got enough space, we could add a couple more grow racks. So, you know, just really thinking about this, we can start getting things going gangbusters you know so the problem is just getting stuff transplanted outside so you know I've got a decent little spot at my house um, planning on really growing in like pretty much all root pouches and then I'm also I've been tossing around the idea of like building a raised bed um, so so I'm kind of excited for that I'm just putting a little more construction and aesthetics into the garden this year and you know today I, I really saw just kind of how shitty the garden area is right now because um, I, I just kind of let it go over the winter you know that's kind of what you do but just looking at how like unorganized it is how um, you know I haven't kept up on like the just general cleanliness but you know I, I mean it's tough in winter time in the winter time too but um, so like today, you know, I took one, some of the first steps. So today's project was pruning up the raspberries. So, and I did a video on this, but I'm just going to run through it real quick just because, I mean, you know, I think it's kind of interesting, like as far as like the science and, um, you know, everything behind it, but you know, raspberries, like everyone thinks that it's 
kind raspberries are kind of a weed you know they, they grow native in Ohio they grow native all over the place um, but but the thing about it is that you know when they are grown like for as a commercial crop there's a lot more care and maintenance and um, you know science that really goes into it so you know it all starts with like the cr like the crowdedness of the rows so a lot of people think oh the more canes the more fruit that's not necessarily the case so what you'll want to do is you'll want to start by narrowing your rows down to about a foot and a half to two feet wide so and you'll see that even with the, even when you do this like you'll you're uh, you know you're going to get a ton of offshoots and you know little uh, baby berry plants propagating the, probably outside of that throughout the year so um, but thin it down to that amount you know cutting out that those extra canes is actually going to send a lot of carbohydrates to the roots um, and it's also important to note that you want to do this during um, like January or February if you're in Ohio really when the plant has gone dormant and dropped all of its leaves that's when you want to start pruning so, so again, back to it, you know, cut it down to a foot and a half, two feet wide. Oh shit, it's getting really icy out here. Um, so cut it down to two feet wide, let's say. Um, and then once you get it narrowed down as far as the, like that, those parameters, then you're gonna look towards removing the old dead wood. So usually this is about three, maybe even four year old wood. It's not gonna produce um, berries anymore. You can tell, like you can tell, it, it's obvious which one's the dead wood. So, cause it's kind of gray, the bark is peeling. So get that out of there. That's gonna, you know, again, send carbohydrates to the roots, give the plants a lot more energy to, to expend on the strongest canes. And then that's another thing is you want canes to be spaced out maybe four to, I would say six inches apart. And you know, you're gonna have a lot of canes and you're probably gonna end up with a lot of dead space um, when you prune because you're gonna go, you know, I did, I went really aggressive. So it's gonna be interesting to see how my plants react and how, how the row reacts. But I just took out all of the little plants. I mean, I even had to cut down some really big uh, canes just because there were bigger ones right next to it. So, um, you know, let your winners win, prune out, prune out the week and you're gonna have to see you know see those improvements in your crop throughout the year so um, so that, those are kind of the first you know the first steps there and then once you've got that down you're gonna see that you have a lot more room uh, you know with it as far as like for the plants to breathe and grow and that's the important thing like you don't prune just for uh, you know sending the nutrients back down to the roots but you're also doing it to for the plants future health like the best way to the way the best way to cure or treat disease is to prevent it you know it's the cliche like at you know what's the best way to prevent an std abstinence you know, and it was funny because we just saw that episode of the office the other day but um you know so it, so <laughs> lost my train of thought talking about the office but so so the best way to you know treat or just deal with disease and all of that is to actually uh is so icy out right now so sorry I'm going you know trying to slide off the road as I'm trying to turn around this sharp curve here um, but, but um, so so basically you know when you do prune that up or start pruning up your plants like you're gonna see the benefits 
way down the line because you're not gonna have as much foliage in the in your rows, which means you're gonna get a lot more airflow and it's that's gonna prevent like disease, fungus, bacteria pressures, all of that stuff. So um, you know, pruning has a lot of benefits and you know it's high I, I would highly recommend it just because that is the best way that you're going to set yourself up for success with growing berries so um so so that was that was the first thing we kind of did today first steps towards uh you know our garden cleanup which didn't get very far you know i was actually talking about like how crazy the weather's been like during my uh during the video that i was doing and then like almost immediately after i say that then it starts hailing i'm just like what is going on here like uh, the weather's just been pretty wild and, and, and that was kind of one thing that I was worried about is like you're supposed to prune the plants when they're dormant but because we've had such swings like we had a swing where we were at negative 35 with the wind chill and then it five days later four or five days later we were up to six over 60 degrees so we had almost a 100 degree swing here in Ohio uh, we're in west central Ohio uh, in the Miami Valley and you know, I think that's the reason we get such weird weathers because we're kind of at the top, like northernmost part of the Miami Valley. So um, it's kind of like a microclimate, you know, when I, and when I actually looked at like the uh, USDA, you know, the map for what's zone 6A and 6B, or maybe it was like the line, I think that's what it was, the line of like zone 6A to 6B. And I zoomed in really far, you know, in on Piqua and it was, I think, one or two streets north of us so that just shows like how i mean that should give you a sense of like if the usda is going to draw the line there there's kind of a reason you know so so i i think it's kind of geological i'm sure that you know climate change or whatever has some sort of impact as well um you can't deny that things have kind of started getting crazy as far as the weather but um but has it, you know, or is it just the fact that we're all so connected now and anytime there's any kind of weather, it's kind of, you know, everybody knows about it. Like everybody knows about everything. So like, it, I, I think that like amplification and just like the connectedness of the world kind of, kind of leads people to believe certain things. And, uh, you know, I guess, I guess if it's in the data, you can't deny that. So, um, you know, and I don't know enough about that to, to really speak to the data. So, um, but anyways, sidetrack. And also, but I'm not going to, I got to go off on this rant a little bit too, because like, I think another thing is that people are just so soft about the weather. Like we never had freaking like these, these warnings about like snow, like you'll get a warning like three days in advance of snow. And it's like, that's great. Um, but I don't know. It's just like kind of crazy to me. Like, I, I don't know. The weather is not that accurate that you can call it a couple days in advance. I, I think that it's good that we can prepare for like emergency and like disaster situations, but I think that um, like there's, I don't know, there's a fine line between genius and insanity. Let's leave it at that, I guess. So, um, so other than that, like another thing, you know, I cleaned up the garden starting with the raspberries. Next, next thing that I'm gonna do is, uh, you know, probably pull off the ground cover that I put down and, you know, whenever I can get the ground workable, maybe in like, uh, March, 
I'm hoping into February. Like it's kind of raining right now, so I'm like, I'm thinking that maybe I can till up the ground. Um, but I really like, and maybe if not that, maybe just start planting stuff like in in root pouches because like like carrots are gonna be the first thing I'm gonna plant outdoors because they aren't um, they aren't sensitive to like heat doesn't affect their germination, um, and that, that's what I learned in this in a at a seminar that I was just at the other day. So. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but that's what, uh, what the guy had said there. But then I just read the book today that carrots need about 50 degrees to 65 to germinate. So I, I don't know, but either way, so I'm going to plant those outside. Carrots are a cold weather crop. They're sweeter when they're cold. Um, so if I plant them out at the end of February, then you would think by the end of May, maybe beginning of June, we can have carrots. So I'm going to just load them up. Um, fresh carrots are awesome. We can always do succession planting as well. So I'll probably plant out, you know, a huge batch in the beginning and then, uh, you know, stagger maybe, maybe every other couple, every other week or something, or, you know, every three weeks or something like that. So and that's really like the name of the game. And I think something that I realized today when I was looking at like my grow rack and, and the plant lab is that the problem is not the amount of plants have or the amount of room you have or like the germination propagation space it's about how you're using your plants so last year I really I kind of fucked up because I got like I did a lot of tomatoes um, I did a lot of peppers and I put the wrong like I put the wrong peppers out like just flat out I thought that the Anaheim peppers were gonna be a lot more like a bell pepper or more like a sweet pepper and then it, it, people were turned off by it so this year I'm gonna be you know much better. I might even start my bell peppers like today or fuck. I might even start them tonight or tomorrow, like just because I need to. I need to get them rolling because peppers do take a little bit longer. So if we can get, if we can push the bell pepper or tomato harvest up by a couple weeks, I'm all for that. So uh, I don't know. I'll toy around with those ideas and we'll we'll kind of see what we come up with. But I'm thinking a ton of bell peppers are a good thing. I can plant them in high density and. Um, got a couple different methods I'm going to try out, you know, whether it's like throwing over the Hortonova trellis netting, which, which is something they use in cannabis, but it's perfect for peppers too, because what you do is you actually use two layers. So it's like a, um, you know, think about like, it's just a trellis net. I mean, so it's just like, think about a grid. So it's like that, but like a fishing line, like, you know, thicker fishing line, like plastic net. Um, so you let the plants grow, you put down the first layer, maybe for peppers, we'll probably say like two at two or three feet height. I'd say maybe two, yeah, two or three feet height. You put that first layer of netting on, and what that does is spreads the canopy. So when you spread the canopy open, that allows it, you know, the crop to breathe more. It opens up um, the potential for new growth, new flower shoots, and ultimately, it's when you have more flowers, you got more fruit you got more money, you got more happiness, you know? And like I, I said money and happiness because it, it could be money, but you know, in the case of like CSA or whatever, um, or a crop box, but like ultimately it is happiness. Like people are so happy when they, you know, see a bell pepper or taste like a garden fresh bell pepper. I'm happy when I see that things are growing in the right direction. Like, um, and that's why I'm like so stir crazy today and I'm trying so hard to not 
to not not plant but then you can hear that I'm like in the last little monologue there I'm like almost you know trying to coerce myself into planting today <laughs> so um, so we'll see what happens you know um, but either way you know it's uh, so, so those are things that I'm just kind of learning so like what I've got to learn to utilize the space for is we're going to augment a lot with microgreens. So microgreens are really going to change the game for us this year. That's the main reason that I got the grow rack. Um, and microgreens, it's essentially you're just growing any kind of vegetable from into a sprout stage. So it's about, um, you can grow them on soil. We grow them on like a fabric media. It's like a either hemp fiber, coconut fiber, um, flax fiber, you know, any kind of natural fibers and, or you can grow them on soil, you know, whatever. But I, I really like the fiber mass just cause it's a little less messy, a lot less, you have to kind of, you know, you just cut it and go. Um, but, but the cool thing is like you can grow sunflower shoots, corn shoots, lettuce, radishes, beets, collards, uh, mustard greens, all kinds of stuff. And basically when it's in that, you know, seedling sprout stage, you've got it at a much like higher concentration of nutrients. Um, I mean, I'm sure you could probably even do like tomatoes and peppers. Like if you've ever pulled a, a pepper seedling, you know, you can smell that heat, that capsaicin that's in there. Um, so I don't know, that would be kind of an itch, itch, interesting test as well. You know, make, make for like a really complex or like, you know, me, uh, Mexican style salad or something like taco salad or something. That'd be pretty, that'd be an interesting test. But like the problem is see, the seeds are kind of expensive. Um, but that's the thing is it's a very premium crop. So like one tray of microgreens can actually sell for $20. So, you know, clearly I'm not going to do, you know, just give my customers a tray of microgreens I'm going to incorporate it in in there you know kind of offer it as like a test taste you know like a taste test from the get and then that way people can see if they actually like it or not which you know some of these like like when I first had the uh, mustard it like punches punches you in the face like if you ever had wasabi um, you know wasabi and mustard I believe are from the same same family correct me if I'm wrong again but you know, just the way that that tasted was like, you know, it was unreal. Like it just clears out your whole sinuses and your nose. And, um, and that's what, that's, what's great about it. Like just so much flavor and like you can throw in kale and you can do cilantro and basil and you know, anything, any kind of flavor that you really want to, uh, enhance or, you know, whatever it's, it's definitely doable. And I've actually seen where people are doing, uh, something called popcorn shoots. So stay tuned. I'm going to be testing all this shit out throughout the year. Um, if you're in the crop box, you're probably going to get some too. Uh, but um, so, so that's going to be an interesting, you know, component to the crop box. Um, not only that, I'm going to be, be able to produce seedlings for lettuce, for onions, all year round. Uh, succession planting is going to be real. You know, I, I don't know. I, I think that we're just really set up for success. And, and now, for, for you know, now really all I've got to do is just invest in the infrastructure. So I just got another grow rack today. I uh, found one at Menards. Super cheap. Yeah, it's a plastic one, not a metal one. But, uh, 
who cares? It's got like enough weight capacity to easily hold what I need. Um, I can remove some of the, the shelves. So if I just want a, like a three-tiered shelf to throw in my uh, throw in my closet, perfect fit. It's gonna be a perfect fit, and um, you know it, it, we're gonna be able to. Oh shit! So I forgot about that. So so now we're not just gonna be be able to produce like twenty three trays that's actually going to turn into um so what that'll get wow i don't know if maybe i, I should have gotten another tray i think <laughs> or another one of those things oh shit so i kind of miscalculated um but by the time by the time i get another one of these things so this, this, uh, man, that's got me all fucked up now, <laughs> but the, so the, the rack that I just got, I believe is 36 inches wide. So I could have put two of those in my closet. So I screwed up, but so that, that'll give us six, that'll give us an additional 18 trays. Is that right? Yeah, because I'll have two of them. So it'll be 18 trays in the closet. Plus 16 trays outside. Plus at least another one, two, three trays in there. So it's going to be pretty insane. 21, 37 total trays possible. So, you know, and, and this is another thing. It's like, you know, at this point, if we can truly produce... Um, you know, when I can learn to, to actually produce microgreens correctly, uh, you know, get past the issue of like overwatering or underwatering, and if I can actually get to a good point where, um, you know, I've just got it dialed in, I've got, got a customer base, I can, I could really start producing for, you know, mass, mass quantities for, for chefs and things like that. So, you know, it, it's just kind of wild that you can do so much with so little space. But the variable is going to be execution, being able to, and, and that's like execution in every avenue. So growing is kind of the first first point. Um, so right now I'm like in a testing phase. So that's why I'm growing like a bunch of di different types of microgreens because I got the seeds for free, I got the supplies for free, and you know it's just it's just about learning so it's dialing it in right now is going to pay dividends in the long term and you know once i figure out once i know that i can grow them perfectly then i'll start reaching out to these chefs and that's where another part of execution comes in so the first execution is actual you know practitionership of being a grower second is you know getting on the phone uh getting in the car, doing some sales calls, you know, being a salesman. And then, you know, marketing, that's another thing you've got to execute on. You know, I'm constantly doing like social media, I'm doing my videos, I'm doing my podcast. So, you know, I would say that's kind of, you know, doing some brand building, uh, executing on the marketing aspect. And then, um, you know, I think those are kind of the big three. And then, so then like beyond that, you know that's kind of that's kind of the end goal right now so you know i've got like a direct to consumer with a crop box uh the next step is going to be to not only you know 
So direct to consumer is the first part. Uh, next step would be wholesale to restaurants. And, you know, and I say wholesale, but it's actually because it is a specialty crop, I should be able to fetch a premium for it. Um, especially because I don't think a lot of people are doing this stuff around here. So if I can find the right restaurants that actually have the demand, uh, or, you know, and I've got the supply, I'm going to win out. So, and I think that's just the, you know, just the beginning, like having that specialty crop leads you, sorry, having that specialty crop actually leads you down the path of like, you've already created a relationship. Now you, you're starting to learn what you're, what the consumer wants and like a chef's tastes and needs are going to fluctuate throughout the seasons, throughout the year. Um, maybe they want some kind of Peruvian potato. Can I grow it? I don't know. So that, you know, that'll be something that that'll be interesting too, to see like what kind of demands will come from that aspect of the business and lead me down paths of, you know, growing for a niche rather than being a niche grower, if that makes makes any sense. Um, so, so yeah, that's kind of where we're at today. And, uh, you know, and I kind of went down the tangent there, but, um, or went off on a tangent there, but you know, as far as from like cleaning the garden to whatever the hell that was. Um, but you know, so uh, I just got home and getting ready to go inside, but, uh, you know, I just wanted to kind of talk a little bit more about the garden as far as other plans for this year, like, um, you know, I want to clear, clear everything up, maybe even get some like low tunnels out there so that I can grow things like, like the carrots. Like, you know, I've got greenhouse film. Um, essentially I just need to figure out a way to secure it to low tunnels to, um, so that, and basically what a low tunnel is, it's just like a mini greenhouse. So that'll help raise the temperatures enough to where it can actually sustain things like lettuce and carrots and spinach and kale maybe i can even get a jump start on the crop boxes this year so um so you know there's really so much going on and i i'm just so glad that i'm actually starting to take chances um you know i've been learning a ton through all the classes and and courses and you know all these different uh trade shows i've been able to go to and so i'm so thankful for like am leonard actually you know funding that and um, you know, investing in the education so that I can, you know, because I'm learning for the company and for my job, you know, as a product manager for like our greenhouse and grower categories, but it's also helping me personally so much. And, and that's what helps the company too, is because I have so much passion for it. So it's like, it's a double-edged sword, like no matter which way I'm swinging that thing, you know, it's, it's cut, you know, it's cutting away at our goals and like, what everybody wants to do and which is progress and that's what we're all about gardening for gains like i'm trying to make gains in every aspect of my life um slowly taking those baby steps and like i've been opening up a little bit more so i'm just excited to see what the future holds and you know what kind of true impact we can actually make and you know it starts it's it's starting really small but i feel like i've been planting all the right seeds in all the right places and you know by the time they all come up it's going to be a super fruitful harvest um, for me, for, you know, everybody that's been involved in helping me and, you know, I just, I can't wait. I can't wait to see where everything grows from here. So thanks for listening in. And as always, I appreciate it.